I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's up? It's Metal Shop and Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Now, typically here on the show, we talk with, uh, with you know, metal musicians, whether they're in epic fantasy metal bands or they're in death metal bands. We talk with a lot of artists, uh, but this time we're actually going to speak with a couple people that are more on the uh, behind-the-scenes tip, and these are people that are very involved with helping promote artists uh, through uh, something... I'm sure you're aware of it's called Bandcamp. Uh, it is it is I, I, it's like the new record label sort of. It's like it's a it's a resource for people to to put their music on to discover music discovery. We'll go into it, but uh, before we go into it, uh, we got Andrew Jervis, who's the chief curator at Bandcamp and host of the Bandcamp Weekly, as well as Brad Sanders, who uh, writes a monthly metal column for Bandcamp and hosts the metal show on Bandcamp Radio. So, uh, welcome to Metal Shop. Hey, thanks. Hey, what's up? Uh, right on, guys. So, yeah, uh, uh, Andrew, you said that you are located right now in uh, Southern California? No, but, uh, Northern California. Northern. I'm in Bolinas, a little, uh, funny little surf town in, in Northern California, about an hour from San Francisco. And Brad, what about you? I'm in Portland, Maine. Okay, right on. So totally opposite sides of, of the United States here. Before the pandemic... Was there like a main office for Bandcamp, or has it always been sort of bi-coastal? Uh, it's actually always been really distributed. I mean, we have people in uh, Tokyo, in Melbourne, in Paris, in London, um, and all over the states, Canada. Uh, but we do have a record store and performance space and office in Oakland, California, which has unfortunately you know been shut for about yeah. a year. But hopefully, we get back in there some point this summer. Awesome. Well, um, I guess uh, one question before I go specifically, I know what Andrew does as with with everything with the uh, his metal show and also the metal columns. But I'm curious, what is the duties of a chief curator, Andrew? Um, well, that's really uh, a leftover from the fact that I was employee number 13. Ah, and. Uh, back then, whenever that was, eight and a half years ago, we didn't care so much about titles. We still don't really. Bandcamp's very much not, a, a, you know, an ordinary corporate kind of setup, and we're not, you know, really there to have uh, titles and fancy office and foosball tables and whatever else. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I was hired because there wasn't really any editorial. There weren't any radio shows that we did. Mm -hmm. uh, we hadn't done much outreach to labels a little bit to artists um and so i was brought in to kind of do all of those things and so we were like well what should we call it i was like i don't know chief curator 
So that's the title that stuck for a while. Um, I don't know if it means a whole lot anymore. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, so you, uh, you mentioned you were, you were employee number 13. So you've been there for, you know, a number of years, which is awesome. You must have seen, it must be really mind blowing to see the growth, uh, not just, you know, throughout the years, but also just within this past year, uh, the amount of it's, it's awesome. Brad, how about you, man? How long have you been, um, working with Bandcamp and doing, uh, your radio show as well as your column? Um, so I, the, the editor in chief of the Bandcamp daily is, uh, Jay Edward keys, who I've, known for a lot of years and have worked with him at some of his previous jobs. Uh, And so when he, along with his team, essentially launched the Bandcamp Daily, that was about five years ago. Is that right, Andrew? Yeah. Um, I was there from the ground floor of that. So I've been doing the column for about five years, and I've been doing the show just since uh, last October. Very cool. So you mentioned that uh, the editor there, uh, you worked with him uh, in the past. Uh, do you did you go to school for journalism? And how did you get into the world of writing music, writing music? Cri- uh, be, excuse me, being a music critic, rather. It's it's easy uh, for me to say, you know, with uh, using words and stuff. It's not so easy for me. So how long have you been a music? Fine. Critic, rather? <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting question. I did go to school for journalism, but that is almost neither here nor there for my music writing. Cause I've been doing it for pleasure since I was, you know, a teenager, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the message board era of like the early two thousands, I was like writing record reviews on message boards. It's like always been something that uh, has been a part of my life, uh, for as long as I can remember. So I formalized it and started writing like for quote, real publications and working with real editors probably about 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of always been, something that I've been passionate about. That's awesome, man. So, uh, I also went to school for journalism and now I work in, you know, now I, uh, play metal songs on the radio. So, you know, like I said, here nor there. So, um, okay. So, there's this thing that we call uh, on in here in like my music community a lot. A lot of people call it just Bandcamp Fridays, right? So it's this idea of first Friday of every month since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, 100% of the proceeds of of the uh, everything that's sold on Bandcamp goes to the artists or to the labels. Um, and and this question, I guess, is for you, Andrew. Uh, when what? How did this idea come about, and what was the initiative to to start this uh, Bandcamp Fridays? Or if there's an actual formal name for it, we can use that. It has become Bandcamp Fridays yeah. just by itself. That's okay. great because uh, sometimes naming these things is like the dorkiest, most difficult thing to do. But when it just happens naturally, let's run with it. Bandcamp Fridays sure. is great. Um, and literally, it was uh, sitting around um, and uh, you know a bunch of people thinking, "Look, what's the best?" quickest thing we can do to help artists who are suddenly not going to be able to tour, not going to be able to sell all those albums and tour merch that they had printed for the, you know, for the next uh, six months worth of touring or had plans or albums they've been working on for a while. You know, how can we help put money in their pockets? And this just worked out to be the easiest and quickest idea. Let's just have a day where we don't take any money at all. You know, we usually don't take that much anyway, but let's not take our usual rev share. Let's just pass it all along. Yeah. And we'll pass it on to labels and we'll pass it along to artists and whatever they do with it, that's up to them. And 
you know, we didn't know what people would do with it. But the heartwarming thing is we get emails all day long saying, hey, thanks. You helped me pay for the groceries. Or yeah. thanks, you helped me pay my mortgage or the rent or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then also equally heartwarming and kind of amazing because it's not something we ask people to do. A lot of artists and labels also look to their community and we're like, you know, the local food bank needs help. They're mm-hmm. in trouble. Or, you know, there's a lot of voters' rights issues came up last year, of course. So a lot of money was raised for um, voting rights organizations. People did an awful lot of things with that little bit of uh, just that little push of like, hey, we're going to pass along all our money. A lot of other artists and labels are like, hey, we're going to do the same and and we're going to help someone else in our community, too. It's been really amazing. If if you you know I don't need to pocket check or anything or ask specific uh, numbers, but I'm curious how successful has it been uh, for for earning you know money for these artists from your your side? Has it been like widely successful? Oh yeah, way beyond what we thought. So awesome. To give you an example, a Good Friday for us before the pandemic, a Good Friday for us might have been four hundred thousand dollars or something like that in a day. Um, a one bank camp Friday, just in the 24 hours of that Friday, we did $7.3 million. That is awesome. And since we've started it, we've blown past $50, $50 million raised for artists and, and labels. So, yeah, it's, it's been great. It's been ridiculously successful. You know, people posting everything from, like, live shows that they might never have posted to these charitable compilations yep. or recording things specifically for Bandcamp Friday. It's been a lot of fun and hopefully, you know, a great way for people to kind of a pass the time, b pay the bills and also stay creative, you know? Absolutely, man. And, and um, yeah, I'm not going to shade on any, uh, you know, tech companies that may not be, you know, as uh uh, helpful to the artist, but I would say if you're, you know, considering, you know, maybe I'll stream this or maybe I'll give a couple bucks to Bandcamp uh, on a Bandcamp Friday. It's like definitely do the Bandcamp, and I can say that, you know, you guys don't have to, you know, go out there and say that, but I will say that on my own that that definitely. And and one of the first things I remember was at the beginning of the pandemic, Kill Switch Engage put out a B sides album, and 100% of the proceeds were going to uh, like um, a really uh, positive nonprofit. And uh, so I went and bought that. And then, you know, when you get on there, there, you guys make it really easy to discover all kinds of other artists. So it's, uh, you know, kind of a good good on your guys's, but not always on the pocketbook. But that's a it's a really user friendly uh, way of of doing that. Um, Now, Brad, uh, were you a user of Bandcamp and, and whatnot before you jumped aboard and as part of the editorial staff? Yeah, uh, definitely a bit. Um, I remember uh, a thing called Metal Bandcamp Gift Club kind of took off on Twitter okay. uh, before there was actually an editorial site uh, of Bandcamp. Um, it was just users of Bandcamp um, basically sending, because there's a, a mechanism within Bandcamp where you can send an album to another user yes. as a gift. And uh, this community sprung up on Twitter of a bunch of metalheads just sending each other records that were on their wish lists. And I, I think that's really when I started paying closer attention to what was happening at Bandcamp, because not only as a fan where it's like a platform where a lot of the music that I love lives, I also saw that sense of community that existed already among the users before they even launched the editorial site. So, um, you know, like I said, I go back a long time uh as like a message board guy. Yeah. I, I love the experience of hanging out at the record store. You know, I just like to talk to music people. Um, and very organically Bandcamp had that 
straight away. Um, so that, yeah, to answer your question uh, more briefly, yes, I did use Bandcamp before I started writing for it. <laughs> Is it safe to say, Brad, that you are what we would call maybe a professional metal nerd? Yeah, you know, uh, somehow I get paid to do this. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I pinch myself all the time, but yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so what have been um, some of your favorite conversations? Because you also host the um, the Bandcamp Metal Show, which is a radio show on Bandcamp Radio. What have been some of your favorite conversations you've been able to, to uh, dive in? I, I saw that you had uh, the singer of Spirit Adrift on a, a few months back. And um, what have been some of your favorite conversations you've been able to, to dive into yeah. Um, I mean, I think they've all been great. Uh, honestly, it's, it's a really fun way to get people talking about, uh, their music in a kind of, um, non, not super structured format. Cause we do, you know, the interview segments are 20 or 30 minutes long. And so we get to go pretty deep. So yeah, Nate from spirit Adrift, that was either my second or third time interviewing him. That was, uh, really enjoyable because yeah. we kind of ha- have a history and an arc. Um, I interviewed Jonas Ranksy uh, from Catatonia for the year end edition of the show, yeah. uh, in December. And that was really special. Um, he kind of took me through their entire pandemic year on a timeline. And it was kind of interesting to see how the behind the scenes gears were turning within that band uh, over the course of the pandemic. Uh, I just did an interview with this act called moral collapse. uh, And they are an international band with membership in India and Germany. And my interview with them was the first time they'd ever heard each other's voices previously. They'd only ever emailed. And that was a really special moment to be a part of, you know, to, to see that, um, that collaboration, you know, reach a level that it hadn't before just, uh, because they came on the show. Um, so they're all special in their own way. I'll say the next one, uh, that is going to come out next week is with corpse grinder from cannibal corpse. I'm very excited about that one as well best biggest neck in metal and also you know he loves target so you know he he, yeah we didn't talk about target i kind of regret it though i wish i wish we did (laughs) he's he's uh seems like a fun guy he's got multitudes uh, not just a brutal vocalist but also a fun loving guy so uh awesome man well uh you know i always support other people in metal radio whether it be on traditional radio you know satellite radio online radio band camp radio it's just we're all together to preach the gospel of heavy metal because we're all metal nerds together so i think that the more ears are on metal the more the better uh in my opinion um so absolutely I have to ask, and this is uh, kind of a cheesy question, but I'm going to just go ahead and ask it, uh, both to Andrew and to Brad, uh, what does Bandcamp mean to you? Mm-hmm. Andrew, you know, if you want the cheesy answer to the cheesy question, it's not that cheesy, okay. but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, the, it's the great record score in, store in the sky, you know? That's kind of what it's become, and I love record stores, like I, I, my first gigs in the music business were working in a record store um and i still go record shopping and i still think there's a place for record stores um I don't, we're not here to replace that but i think what we have somehow become is this record store in the sky where there is a great community of really avid buying avid music buying fans that are really into the genres that they're into and they want to tell other fans about why they've just bought music yeah um in a way that reminds me of going into a good record store, I'm, you know, bumping up to someone 
and while you you know you're going through the stack and seeing what's available and talking to the person behind the counter and asking them for reckon it's like that but it's a, a, a digital version so that's my cheesy answer for you I like it. Uh, that's the great record store in the sky. That's cool, man. I've never heard it said like that. That's I, that's totally going to be the, the name of this episode. <laughs> Brad, what about you, man? I'll just i'll I'll say from a metal perspective, just because this is a you know a metal show. Um, it's the most forward thinking, supportive group of metalheads that I've encountered anywhere on the internet in my twenty years of you know, surfing the metal web. Um, and, and it's people who are genuinely curious, who genuinely love the music and, and who the rabbit hole effect of, of getting on Bandcamp and clicking on a tag. And then that leads you to click on another tag and that leads you to click on another tag. And suddenly you're like, I only want to see Indian progressive death metal bands. Uh, and, and you know, there's a hundred of them, uh, that vibe of just like ceaseless curiosity and love of discovery really permeates everything that has my experience in Bandcamp as both a fan and as uh, a columnist or a radio host, I think that really comes through. Um, and just as like a living document of the metal scene right now, yeah. there's no more comprehensive place than Bandcamp, in my opinion, because bands who maybe can't uh, afford to press their own records or maybe bands who are unsigned but are doing really interesting stuff, well, the place that their music winds up is Bandcamp. So if you want a snapshot of like, where is all the good metal at right now? For me, that's Bandcamp. I mean, I could spend a whole weekend just with two tabs open, uh, you know, metal archives and Bandcamp, just going back and forth, exactly, back and forth. Metal archives, <laughs> Bandcamp, looking it up. You're describing my research process. That's every <laughs> every month when I sit down to do the column. That's it's those two tabs, man. So now, okay, I'm going to get super nerdy was one question with you, Brad, then. Uh, and it's something that I've always wondered. What is it with the amount of sick, brutal, slam death metal bands coming out of Indonesia? What is it, man? Because I don't get it. It's like 14-year-old kids from Indonesia creating the most guttural, brutal death metal. What is in the water over there, dude? I don't know. Uh <laughs> But I'm friends with uh, this band, Miss May I. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. other metalcore band. Mm-hmm. And I went to high school with those guys. And uh, I, I just remember even when we were all 18 and they were like posting about their show down at the rec center or whatever. And of course, they're a big band now. Uh, all the comments on MySpace would be, come to Indonesia, come to Indonesia. So there is there is something in the water. There's a yeah. love of, of heavy music. And I... You know, I'll look into it for you. <laughs> All right, awesome. I want to. I want a special episode on the Indonesian brutal death metal scene. Uh, not that I'm telling you what to do, but I want a deep oh, you dive. Might... <laughs> <laughs> you might get it. Yeah, it's, like it's a good it. idea. Awesome, man. Okay, so I'm gonna get uh, a little bit more um, into the weeds of like you know your your growth into being into music here. So if you could, even if it's an embarrassing. What is your first album you ever purchased on your own for CD, vinyl, tape, whatever it was, with your own money? What was your first album? Andrew. Uh, Let's start with Andrew. Okay. Man, I always get this confused in my head. Um, It it was either Gary Newman's Cars or uh, XTC's Senses Working Overtime. And I know that my gran took me into town to spend some vouchers I'd been given for my birthday at uh-huh. Woolworths and there were some seven inches there and we took them home and I danced around my 
uh, grandma and grandpa's uh, living room with one of those record players where, you know, you move the thing over and the needle kind yep, of drops yep, down yep. <laughs> and probably ruins the record forever. But uh, yeah, with one of those two. That's good. That's good picks though. XTC and Gary Newman, man. That's definitely dancing yeah. the cracks. That's way too cool of an answer, Andrew. Sorry. What about you, Brad? <laughs> I, was Abba. <laughs> I, I got feel like it was my, probably mine was no doubt Tragic Kingdom, so I don't have a street cred. Also, yeah, but that's a good record too, I, though. Good I gotta one. say, I have a soft spot for it. Mine's probably Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory. Okay, that's the one that comes to mind. Yeah, I would have been ten at the time, I guess. I like that in um, metal, in our world of metal. That it's not taboo to say you're like a new, you were a new metal kid or you like new metal now. It's like I I like yeah. that there's like an acceptance like everyone started somewhere. So for a while it was like a bad word to say you were in a new metal, but now it's like whatever, dude. Yeah, the the tides have shifted on that over the past couple of years. I think the the Deftones revival is really what started it. Once everyone knew that, once we learned that every uh, famous music critic in America secretly loves the Deftones, I think everything else just came from that. Fair enough. And then and then Suicide Silence put out an album trying to be the Deftones, and so it, you know it all goes from there. Um, okay, so we know the first album then. Andrew and and Brad, what was your first band T-shirt you ever had? I see, Brad, you have a King Diamond shirt there. I have a Danzig sweatshirt. Andrew, what was yours? What first band T-shirt you ever bought? All right, so this is going to be embarrassing. Okay, um, but it's also aging me a bit here. But um, uh, it would have been Adam and the Ants. Okay, nice. Uh-huh. nice. Yeah, I'm going first album. I'm not talking Prince Charming. I'm going first album. <laughs> definitely uh, a little edgier. You know, Andrew, if you had that still, like in original shape, I bet you could get like four hundred and fifty dollars for it on Depop or something like that right now. So probably, yeah. I was one of those uh, dorky, um, you know, uh, kids who grew about nine feet at the age of twelve. So okay. n- none of my clothes fit me anymore, and everything was chucked. And Brad, what about you, man? Was it a Lincoln Park T-shirt? No, I don't think it was because I wasn't really wearing band shirts at that age. I, okay. I, I want to say that it was probably an Iron Maiden shirt from Hot Topic because okay. I, yeah. I discovered Iron Maiden at 12 and that was really like the moment, you know, for me where it changed. But then from that day forward, my wardrobe has not changed. You can tell I'm still. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I, I as well, you know, I have like three pairs of jeans and like 750 t-shirts or something. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but that's uh, the life I chose. Okay, so obviously, you know, the the world, there's like a, a light at the end of the tunnel. It's it's a, bo- a lot more positive than it was, say, like six months ago. Um, but thinking back to, you know, March or February of 2020, what was the last concert you attended before the world changed and we were forced to stay inside? Do you remember? I know mine. Uh, it was... Uh the men in New York, uh, on like March 10th or some other slightly irresponsible date, you know, the pandemic was kind of a thing, but things weren't quite closed yet. It was that weird week. Uh, yeah. So I, I went to, uh, a show from the, the men and they were great. And I've been living on that memory for 13 months now. I saw a Brazilian artist called Sue George. He's oh, the guy yeah. that did the David Bowie covers that wound up in the, um, uh, what you call his movie. Life so, Aquatic, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and he's got this amazing voice. He came on stage. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. everyone's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so that was a nice, that was a nice one to go say. Also, I had no idea. 
idea that he was playing, I literally walked past the poster like three days before the show. I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. And a random venue. And I was like, I wonder if anyone's going to go to this. This is really weird. So I ended up actually interviewing him that day for my show. Yeah. And I went to the show that night and literally everyone vaguely related to someone who might be from Brazil in the Bay area was at that show <laughs> and he was speaking and singing in Portuguese and they had the best night of their lives. And it was a great show. I didn't understand 90% of what was said because my Portuguese sucks, Yeah, but uh, it was a fun show and a, a good one to kind of, uh, to be the last one to have seen before the pandemic kicked in. That's great, man. Definitely the two sides of the, uh, the aisle there. And I saw, uh, obituary in Zach Wild Black Label Society and COVID was definitely in the air of that night. And, uh, and then it was a whole lot of nothing for a while after that, but it's good. Good. Soon. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, Okay, so just a couple more questions. I don't want to keep you guys all all day, uh, but we are a Seattle radio show, so I got to ask, and and we can you know make this a Seattle, Portland, you know Northwest question. But what's your favorite Northwest bands or artists of all time? And I'm totally putting you on the spot. Yeah, uh, well, Alice in Chains' "Dirt" might be my favorite album of all time. So okay. Alice in Chains yeah. for sure. Queensrÿche. I was Before they stopped today. being good, yeah. Seattle band Operation Mike. Uh, Nevermore. Were they from Seattle? Yes, dude. R.I.P. War. Love Nevermore. Man. Yep. Yeah, I was just listening to his solo record not not long ago. It's, it holds up. Yeah. So yeah, I, I gave you three. I like Those it. are mine. I'm going to let Brad speak for me too. I think for the sake of your uh, show and listeners, it's probably better we leave it that way. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Maybe Sir Mix a lot. You know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah yeah true true i mean lots of amazing music coming out there for sure absolutely for sure. but like i said i did put you on the spot so um uh so for an artist that is you know kind of just wants to get their music out there um do you have any tips about you know what's the best way to go about using Bandcamp or anything i know it's kind of self-explanatory but you know just for someone who's just kind of getting wants to get their foot wet and, and wants to j jump into this world of promoting their music online and getting their music up and maybe starting a store. Do you have any words of advice, either Andrew or Brad? Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, the, it, you can do so much and that's the best way to think about it is that this isn't just a site that sells, you know, tube socks and toothpaste and whatever else you can buy a record while you're at it. This is your, you know, this is a, a store, if you like, where you can make your page look as unique as your music sounds. Yeah. So think about it that way. Think about putting every single detail you could possibly put in there. Make it look really cool. Make it look like your music sounds. Add all your music. Add your lyrics. Add your credits. Um, make sure you shout out your uh peers, you know, your bands who you might collaborate with or mm -hmm. previously toured with, uh, work with on a regular basis, um, add those to your uh, recommended album section. Um, and then just let people know, look, this is a place that you can support me. I mean, that's how people started. That's how Bandcamp started and how it's really grown is that artists turned their fans to their Bandcamp pages, just saying, hey, this is a great place for you to support us. I, I, I don't, you know, I never say that anyone should do anything exclusively. Um, if you have your music up on other services and stuff, that's cool. Yeah. Just let folks know it. whenever you're telling them where your music is, you're on Bandcamp. It's a great place to support. And, um, you know, it, that sounds simple, 
but, but it really is it, doing those little things, checking all the little boxes, making sure your stuff looks good, making sure you add all your details. That's how the artists who sell the most on Bandcamp succeed. They do that and they do it regularly. And for my part, I'll say I'm easy to find, you know, and I'm always looking for new metal to cover in the column or to play awesome. on the show. Yeah. Find me on Twitter, you know, send me an email, uh, follow my Bandcamp uh, personal profile. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to be covered, the best way to do that probably is to get at me and let me know that you're there. And, uh, you know, I'm always, I spend all day just listening to new music. So send me your stuff. Uh, and can we get your handle, Brad? Yeah, it's uh, at Brad Scott Sand uh, on pretty much every every platform. Awesome. And Andrew, what's the, the specialty that you specialize on your shows? Uh, sorry for me to be ignorant about that, but oh no, no, no. Um, I've always I've come from this uh, weird background that kind of tries to tie together lots of genres. Um, awesome, but. Uh, you know, I grew up uh, in the kind of electronic, jazz, soul, funk, uh, reissues, new iterations of those genres, hip hop, and, and how they all kind of join together. So that's kind of where my speciality lies. And uh, what, how can people uh, check out what you, what you have going and, and follow along with you? Do you have any uh, handles on the internet? Um, I avoid those types of places like the plague you're smart uh, for it <laughs> yeah. but uh um yeah i mean if uh, you can uh, i'm i oversee the artists and, and label side of things at bankcamp if there are any artists and labels yeah. that are interested in getting involved um you can reach me at andrew at bankcamp.com happy to help you out Awesome. Thank you so much. And, and, uh, I really appreciate everything that you guys do, uh, Brad for, for being, you know, just like a torchbearer for metal, uh, on Bandcamp and helping the artists that way by getting the word out and Andrew through, you know, just, uh, your hard work and dedication throughout the years. And, and, and just knowing that you were the 13th person there at Bandcamp and, you know, you've seen this rise from such a, a ground level to like this huge, huge thing. So it's very cool. You know, I don't mean to, you know, uh, punish you guys too much all day long, but I did want to say it's an awesome thing you have, you guys that have going for the music scene and the and the artists out there. Thanks, man. We really appreciate it for sure. Yeah, thanks. Best. 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 Best.